All right, welcome in, and we're taking you all the way up until midnight tonight. So the reaction right after this game is it is an absolutely horrendous loss. It is a brutal loss. There's no way around that. But there's no way this can be the worst loss of the season because the Red Sox have had a bunch of those, and at least there was encouragement, and that was Chris Sale. Chris Sale was absolutely tremendous tonight for what you expected from a guy in essentially his third competitive outing of the season. Remember, he had two rehab starts, and here he is. It's basically like spring training for the guy, and he was absolutely incredible in this game. Everything you wanted to see from Chris Sale in his first outing of the season, that was there. But Chris Sale is not the headliner in this game, which is the most aggravating part of this loss tonight. It shouldn't have been a loss. It should have been a win. And this is a game, like, it's very rare that I say this, but they legitimately gave this one away. Like, there are games, obviously, where the Red Sox have struggled with hitting with runners in scoring position, things along those lines. But this game tonight, the Red Sox legitimately gave it away. There's no way the Rays should have won this game based on how it's set up for you. And that's the thing that really aggravates you. And I will get into Chris Sale because going forward, this is a huge positive development for this team. There's no way around that. The guy was tremendous tonight. And I feel like he's going to be much better than he was a season ago. And I'll get into that in greater detail. But you can't have losses like this, especially when you're trying to fight for a wild card position. And this is one of the teams, the Rays, that you're going to be trying to battle with. And the Rays now have a 6-2 and two record against you on the season. And now you look at it, just to get a split, you got to beat McClanahan tomorrow. And look, the Red Sox got to him in the postseason last year. I understand all that. But the reality is that guy's an absolute stud, and you should have won this game tonight. So I go, of course, to where else can you start with this one? The sixth inning. You think about that bottom of the sixth inning when Brazier comes into the game. Ramirez reaches on that 0-2 slider single. I mean, not not a bad pitch by Brazier. Okay, and then, or I should say, actually, let's start in the bottom. <laughs> let's, let's start in with the running mistake first, and then we'll get to that. Because <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on. So, in the top of the seventh, let's start with this one. Then we'll get into the defensive issues. Verdugo doubles on a changeup. Great piece of hitting. Verdugo's been clobbering lefties since the start of June. Jeter down singles. Four-seamer just kind of sticks his bat out there. Then Verdugo, and remember, this is after Trevor Story has to leave the game because he's hit in the hand. But Verdugo is then picked off at third base. I don't know what the hell he's doing. You cannot make a mistake like that in a game like that. What the hell is Alex Verdugo doing? How does that happen? How do you get back picked at third base there? You can see that the third baseman is behind you. I don't know how the hell you do that. It's just inexplicable to me. And then, of course, you can't add a run. Franchi looking at a changeup, and Franchi's at a really bad spot. Dahlback walks. Ref Snyder pops up. So you're looking at first and third with nobody out, and Verdugo gets thrown out at third base. I don't know how the hell that happens. That cannot happen. All right, so let's go to the bottom of the sixth inning because there's a lot in this one that I just don't quite frankly understand. So Brazier's on. Ramirez reaches on an 0-2 slider, as we mentioned. Then he gets Bethancourt to line out, and then he walks Paredes. He comes back, and he strikes out a Rosarena on a fastball that was up in the zone. And this is what I don't understand from Cora's perspective, and hopefully somebody will ask him about this after the game. I don't know what was going on. I don't know why he took Brazier out of the game. Brazier's been really good for this team his last 11 and a third. He really turned his season around. He's been really good lately for this team. So I don't understand why he pulled Brazier. Choi's coming up to the plate, or at least he's scheduled to hit, and he is a reverse splits guy. He doesn't hit righties. He hits lefties. So he hits 258 against right-handed pitchers, and he hits 438 against lefties. So I don't understand the theory there 
So then he goes to Mejia, and quite frankly, right now, Brazier's been better than Strom. So I didn't understand that move by the manager to begin with. Maybe somebody will ask him about it after the game. I'd like to know why he decided to go to Strom there. There may be some really good explanation for it. I just don't know the logic behind that. I'm trying to figure out why he did that. It doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, then Mejia singles on a slider. And then Walls, the next batter, hits a ball off Strom. Okay, he then throws it away. I don't know, and Strom got hurt, too. He's another guy that got hurt. Story's obviously, Story's the bigger issue here because Story's been, I know he's frustrating and all that at the plate at times, but he does have 15 bombs, and you can make a real convincing argument he's the best second baseman in the sport. So that's a major thing to keep our eye on. But Strom gets injured as well in this game, and maybe that's part of why he just, I don't know what he's doing. Just got to eat it in that particular situation or not completely throw it away. I mean, you cannot make mistakes like that. So Strom completely throws the ball away. And then why was Franchi Cordero throwing the ball home? What is he doing? I don't know what the hell he's doing there. Why the hell would you throw the ball home there? It doesn't make any sense. Vasquez isn't even ready for it. I don't know what the hell he's doing. It's not like the runner is going or threatening to go. I don't know what he's doing. Throws it away. Another run comes in. So that goes from a 2-2 to -two game to a 3-2 to -two game. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I mean, and I understand he's new at the position and all that. And that's part of a bigger, broader conversation we can have because clearly first base now. I mean, as much as you need somebody in the bullpen, the first base thing, enough's enough. I, you don't have a good first baseman defensively. You don't have a good first baseman offensively. You need help there. That's a massive issue for this team right now. There's two names out there. We can get into them later that the Red Sox need to be in on. But this crap can't go on anymore. I get it. He's playing out of position. But I can't defend a guy not being able to catch a pop-up the other day, and then today just making a boneheaded mistake. I mean, that's just an instincts thing. Why are you throwing home there? Makes no sense to me. So think about all those mistakes. And that's why you lose the game. That's why this loss, to me, is so incredibly aggravating. Because what we're supposed to be talking about tonight is Chris Sale was absolutely incredible. That is supposed to be the story. But it's not because Verdugo gets backpicked at third with nobody out. And then you have a situation where Strom throws the ball away and Franchi throws the ball away. Think about that sequence of events, and that's why you lose the ball game. I, that's it. That's the reality of why you lose this game. You never should have lost that game. The Rays weren't hitting Sale. They weren't hitting Brazier. They weren't hitting Strom. They weren't hitting anybody. And you gave a game away. I very rarely say that, but there is no way around it. The Red Sox gave this thing away tonight. All right, we'll hear from the manager in just a little bit. You'll hear from Chris Sale as well. Let's kick it off. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Kenny's in California. Hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Uh, Good. Um, I, I just wondered, were you watching the same Little League game that I was watching? <laughs> I mean, that Ken, that was horrible. I don't know what the hell was going Awful. on. Awful. You cannot let Franchi Cordero anywhere near first base unless it's in the first base dugout. Secondly, the guy has struck out seven times in the last two games. Yeah, he, he looks bad at the I plate. Mean, he really does. He looks absolutely atrocious really at the plate bad. lately. Really bad. And, and you know, as, as tough a time as Dahlbeck has had at first base, he's a better defensive first baseman than Franchi. Play yeah, but Ken, here, Ken here's the problem. Ken, hold on. Here's the problem. They don't want to play Devers in the field again tonight. And here's the reality. You don't have anybody else that can play third right now because Arroyo's dealing with an injury. So you got to put Bobby Dahl back there. But even when, say, Rafael Devers goes back to playing third base, the problem is Bobby Dahlbeck's not a good defensive first baseman either. He's bad. Uh, he's better than Franchi, no. but he's not good. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, they also, they could, based upon what I've seen recently, they could have played Jeter Downs at third base. At least he catches the ball. And most of the time, Dahlbeck catches the ball at first base. I can't say the same for Franchi. He's yeah, a disaster he's, there. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you that you don't get much more in Bobby Dahlbeck. The problem is, can they need to address this position? And we've been having this conversation oh, yeah. about first base for, what, two years now? We've had this conversation. We talked about it last year. We're talking about it again this year. I don't know what the hell Bloom's doing. He clearly doesn't prioritize that position or else they would have made a move by now. I mean, what's the harm in bringing up cases or cases or cases? He ain't ready. At least he's not ready. Look at Bayo. Look at Bayo. Bayo wasn't ready. And look what happened to him. The guy's not ready yet. Ken, he's been dealing with an injury and he's not hitting the ball well right now. But, I mean, he can't be any worse at first base than Cordero or Dahlbeck. Yeah, but, Ken, you don't want and to start doing that. Back. You don't want to keep rushing prospects up. Just go get somebody. There are guys on the market, C.J. Crone, Josh Bell. These guys are available. The Red Sox just need to go out and get one of them. He won't give up his prospects, his precious prospects. Yeah, but I don't, Ken, it's not going to cost you a ton to get these guys. I, well, it's not then, like you're trading for Max doing? Scherzer at the deadline last year. You're trading for Crohn's got one extra year of control and Bell's a free agent after the season. So it's not going to cost a whole lot to make a move like that. Well, I don't know what he's doing sitting on his hands then because that in the bullpen, I mean, at least the bullpen, you got some guys that are coming back. And, and I'm thinking to myself, why did he wait to bring in Schreiber after he brings in Brazier. I don't know why he went to Strom to begin with, Ken. I don't I don't get why he went Me to neither. Strom. I would have just left Brazier in. Brazier's been good for them lately. I don't know why he did that. But and I mean, Choi is a reverse is splits guy. Down. Huh? Yeah, I mean, Schreiber is a shutdown guy. Yeah, every you're time. Leading, yeah, it's a good point, Ken. Ken. You know what? It's a really good point. So if you were going to go away from Brazier... Why wouldn't you go to Schreiber over Strom? Just get yourself out of that damn inning. Get yourself out of the jam because he's been really good at doing that. I, I, I'm with you. I don't know why. I didn't get the Strom thing tonight. Ken, I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open at 617-779-7937. And it's the problem right now for the Red Sox as it pertains to that first base position. Ken brought it up. But Franchi Cordero is really not, he's really not swinging the bat well at all right now. You look at him tonight. Seven swings, four whiffs, that's 57%. And this has now become a theme with Franchi Cordero as of late that he is not making contact. I, I like Franchi just, <laughs> he's got so much power. He hits absolute bombs when he actually connects. But right now, he's just not putting the bat on the ball. You look at Franchi on the season, 33.8% whiff rate. So that means when he's swinging, he's whiffing nearly 34% of the time. That ranks 222nd out of 238 hitters. Minimum 200 plate appearances. It's not good enough. You need to address this at the trading deadline. I thought maybe you could get away with it, but you can't. I mean, Dahlbeck isn't hitting. He's bad defensively. Franchi can't play first base. He can't. I mean, watch Franchi play first base. He can't do it. He's just not good enough. And look, that isn't meant to be an indictment at Franchi. He's never played the position. He can't do it. You can't keep rolling that out there. All right. Here's what Alex Cora had to say on the Red Sox postgame show presented by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com.
I mean, uh, <clears throat> you guys know the update, whatever. So they're getting x-rays, so we'll know more later on tonight. Are you going to be able to get the x-rays tonight? I believe so. That's where they are. Right yeah. With that sixth inning, Alex, with the defensive mistakes, is that it's going to be disappointing for you to see the way that kind of went down? I mean, it can't. I mean, Strami just desperate, right? Like, he, he just looked for the ball and threw it. Then the other one, you know, French, he threw into the plate. He think, I, I think it took a bad hop on Christian, whatever. He tried to block it, but yeah, it is what it is, you know. Uh, we walk a guy there, too, uh, before that, and, uh, you know, they got to base it up the middle, you know. Like we've been saying, you know, those innings, we got to shut it down. You know, Christian did a good job, and, uh, you know, we didn't finish that inning. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we play a little bit different today, and that's on me. You know, if if if, if anything, you know, we don't we don't play that brand of baseball. Uh, but you know, with the personnel we had and where we were in the in the in the inning, and the guys that were available and were not, you know, we try we were trying to advance runners, and um, you know, he got picked off. You know, my job is to put guys in situations to be successful, and we haven't played this brand of baseball in a while, and um, maybe you know that's on me right there. Were you going for another squeeze play in that situation? No, no, no. I mean, um, we were actually trying to advance the runner from first, get second and third, and um, you know, if we score, we score. But try to get Bobby a chance with second and third, and and ref, you know, hitting for Jackie. Uh, JD wasn't available, so we were trying to maximize uh, our bench there, and then he didn't work out. The video looked like Christian was trying to call time on that play. That's kind of what. There's nothing. I mean, it's the ball is live and in play, you know, and, until it stops, you know. So Frenchy threw it, and um, the ball was uh, live in play. What's, what's going on with JD? He had a tight back, you know. He's, um, he felt it yesterday, last night. So we're staying away from him tonight. Do you think he'll have him tomorrow? We'll see. He threw the ball well. He finished well. Uh, I think he did an outstanding job towards the end. Good velocity. Uh, command of the pitches were okay. Delivery was under control, and he gave us five innings. So that's a good start. Did his fastball look better to you tonight than it maybe it did? I believe so. Yeah, especially the last one to Yandy. Uh, the, the, I think it was uh, the 1-1, one, one, right? 97 down. It, it was really good. You know, they're tough. You know, they put the ball in play and all that stuff, but he made some quality pitches. How did Rafi come out of uh, tonight's game? He was okay. You know, I mean, not 100%, but, uh, you know, he feels okay. We'll see where we at tomorrow. Was that play where he, where he hit the ball off the wall, was it a matter of him just looking at it, or was he just trying no, to... No, no, he's just uh, telling him, if it's not over the wall, just take... I mean... Take your time if you hit it over the wall. Take your time if it stays in in, in play. We got to be careful with him. You expect to get another start out of sale uh, this weekend? There's a good chance he's pitching Sunday. With, with Trevor there, I mean, how scary is that? I haven't seen the replay, so you know. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever the ball hits you and it's around your face, yeah, it's always scary. It's scary. Like you mentioned before, you guys haven't been playing a good brand of baseball. Is there is there one you know kind of constant denominator with this, or is there anything? You know, when you talk no, Pete. Today, you know, like I mean, that's a good baseball game. You know, three two. It just happened that our pitcher got hit on the wrist, and he tried to make a baseball play out of desperation. You know, uh, the thing that frustrates me is that that inning, first and third. You know, and uh, we try to do stuff that we usually don't. But you know, this is where we at right now. You know, with the, with the injuries and the personnel that we have, and. Try to do something that we don't usually do, and you know, uh, we got picked up at third base. We good? So just, just to make clearness, so you, you weren't necessarily trying to move. Verdugo wasn't 
come into the play? I mean, if, if he reads it just like the first one, you know, you read it and, you know, if he's a, if he can score, he can score. But the goal was actually to have second and third and have it Bobby up with second and third, but it just didn't work, you know. All right, so that was Alex Cora after the game. If you want to react to anything he said, you certainly can. I still have no idea what was happening with Verdugo there. Now, Cora is trying to defend his guy, and he takes the blame. It, it, that can't happen. Verdugo cannot get picked off there. That's the bottom line. He was never asked about why he went to Strom. I still don't know. I don't understand. I'm sure there's a good reason that Cora had. I just don't know what it is. I mean, nobody asked him, why didn't you leave Brazier in, or why did you go to Schreiber, or why did you go to Strom there? I don't get it based on the matchups, and nobody asked him that question. after the, I don't know why. I don't know why nobody asked him that, but nobody did. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. the number. Let's get to Andrew in Sudbury. Hey, Andrew. Uh, hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I really think we need to make a move for uh, Bard and Crone uh, as soon as possible. Double up. I would like that. I would like that. Double up, right? Go after both of them. Um, I want to see if you agree with me here. I think the focus almost, uh, during the trade deadline almost shifts to first base with the just Horrible play um, by Franchi and Dahlbeck. Um, and I think I think we could get Bard and Crone maybe when the deal with the Rockies. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you. Like That definitely is a situation now where you have got to address that position. You have got to plug that hole because it's worse than it was last year, Andrew. Dahlbeck was actually oh, better yeah. last year than he is this year. I mean, he is giving you nothing at the plate. He's not good in the field. And Franchi Cordero... I mean, it's like the Kyle Schwarber experiment all over again, except Schwarber's a great offensive player. So it's like you're not even getting that benefit in the offensive side of things. And, like, I don't want to, like, go after Franchi so hard here, but he's playing out of position. Heim's got to go out there and get either Bell or get C.J. Crone. One of those two guys he's got to bring in. But I'm with you. If you can do sort of a double dip and get both the things you need, a right-hand reliever and get C.J. Crone from Colorado, go ahead and do it. I'm with you on that. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, and then uh, just one more thing. I really want to talk about Sale because sure. he obviously um, really deserves it. Um, he hit 97 on the gun. He worked quickly. He threw 53 of 78 for strikes, got out of jams, um, and only walked one, after, which was encouraging after the five-walk Worcester outing. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll be a huge boost for the team. Um, but the reality is the Sox continue to play poorly when facing the AL East. And that's really concerning, considering that 59% of uh, the games they have left. Are well, and the other part of that, Andrew, to your point, is these are the teams that are competing for wild card spots, the Blue Jays and the Rays, right? We all know the Yankees are going to win the division. I appreciate the call tonight, Andrew. It definitely is concerning. The Rays are kicking your ass. You're 2-6 and six against Tampa. It's just not good enough right now. And the Sale thing, I'll get into that in greater detail as the night goes on. But Sale, his performance is very encouraging. He was fantastic tonight. Let's get to Wally in Fall River. What's up, Wally? What's up? Another brutal loss in the line of many, Brian. But uh, you have to give Sale credit. He pitched good against a good team. you got to give him credit. We yeah. don't know what to expect. But uh, give the guy credit. He kept us in the game. But uh, we got a break, too. I mean, Trevor Story got hit on the hand with that foul ball. So you're bringing uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Cheetah Downs, and he gets a hit. So we got a break there, and then everything just fell apart. You know, but... Uh, uh, Heinblum has to take into account uh, Kiki Hernandez. He uh, evidently his rehab isn't do- doing good, Brian. So uh, yeah, they, we Wally, they him took to him off back. it. They took him right, off it. Right. Yeah, it's a major right. problem. He's got that, he's got that hip problem, but uh, you can't wait. You, you still got eight more games with your division. You got two more with the Rays. 
three with the Yankees, and I think after the break we got three with Toronto. So it's not going to get easy, any easier, Brian. Uh, he can't wait. It's not going to take much to get one of these guys. You're not going to have to give up much because they're a little older and they're not prospects. But uh, I, if I'm high in bloom, I'm calling them right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Wally. they got to get active here, and I appreciate the phone call, my friend, as always. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. So a couple of things there. The Kike Hernandez thing Wally mentioned, if you didn't hear about that, it's not good. They took him off a rehab assignment, and now he's going to see a specialist tomorrow. And the reason that's not good is Jaron Duran right now, he's not swinging the bat whatsoever. After he came up and he was so hot for so long, he's not swinging the bat at all. 0 for 2 tonight with another strikeout. He came into tonight, 1 for his last 17 with 9 strikeouts. So that's over 52% of those plate appearances he's striking out. So not nearly good enough from a guy like Jaron Duran. And the problem with Duran is he is absolutely atrocious defensively. Minus 5 defensive run saves. So if he's not giving you anything offensively, there's no point in playing him because he's an absolutely horrific defensive player. So that's a major issue going forward with this team. And the Kike Hernandez news today, disconcerting. Major step back that he's got to go now see a specialist. Cora said before the game they want to see if they miss something. It's just not good hearing that about Kike. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you all the way up until midnight. We will get into the outing from Chris Sale. And one thing I saw tonight that has me feeling very encouraged about what we saw from him, we'll continue to get into what Bloom needs to do at the trading deadline. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until midnight after an absolutely terrible loss for the Red Sox tonight to the Tampa Bay Rays, 3-2. to two. It's just so disappointing because Chris Sale was really good in this game. He was very impressive, and that should be the main headline after this game. But no, it's not because now you're 2-6 and six against the Tampa Bay Rays, and you shot yourself in the damn foot. That's the thing that aggravates me more so than anything else is it's not as if tonight the Rays came out there and kicked your ass or something along those lines or they deserved it when they didn't. You gave that game away. Strom makes a terrible throw. And then I don't know why Franchi would think that's a good idea. Why would anybody throw that ball home? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Why the hell would he do that? And now you start to look at it on on the season with Franchi Cordero. And I understand why you want his bat in the lineup at times. He's not hitting right now to begin with. But think about this with Franchi Cordero. The guy is just a destructive defensive player. Negative three defensive runs saved at first base. And he's only played 250 innings. That's 29th of 37 players that have played 250 innings at the position. And Bobby Dahlback's at negative four. So you're talking about negative four and negative three. And you start to look at it on the season now. This is a problem with the Red Sox first base position. They're absolutely atrocious defensively. There's no way around it. You take the Red Sox and you look at their first base defense on the season. They are dead last. They are 30th in Major League Baseball in defense at first base. They have negative eight defensive runs saved. Well, how about the offensive production from the first baseman? 29.8% strikeout rate. That is 30th. 636 OPS. That is 27th. 10 home runs. That is 25th. So they're not getting it done offensively. They're not getting it done defensively. What the hell is Bloom going to do to address this problem? Because... I can tell you this. Last year, we all know what happened after the trading deadline. Massive letdown for this team. When they lost four consecutive games. When they lost seven of eight. That was something that clearly affected the clubhouse. Whether or not we want to say it was right or it was wrong, you have to deal in the reality of what happened. 
And the reality of what happened last year is after the trading deadline, last year, this team sucked. They were horrible after the trading deadline. And remember, they had to scratch and claw just to get into the postseason. Remember, they had to go to Washington, and Nick Pavetta had the great strikeout at the end of the game on Juan Soto. But the Red Sox should have never been in that position to have to play on the final day of the season to have to win in that particular situation. They should have never been there. And part of that has to do with what transpired at the trading deadline. And if you thought it was bad last year in terms of what went on in the clubhouse, how do you think it's going to be this year when Bogarts is up for free agency after the season? He can opt out. J.D. Martinez is a free agent after the season. Rafael Devers has two years remaining on his contract. Nathan Avaldi is a free agent after the season. How do you think it's going to be in that clubhouse if Hein Bloom comes out of the trading deadline again and doesn't do anything at first base? Doesn't do anything. And here's my bigger issue with Bloom is... I just don't understand it, right? Because, all right, I have mentioned on multiple occasions that I wanted Schwarber to stay and I wanted them to pay Schwarber. I get it. He doesn't defend well, whatever, because J.D. Martinez is done after this season, so he becomes the everyday D.H., so to speak, after one year. So you put up with his bad defense for a year, and then you have a good D.H. that is solidified for a four-year period. I would have done that. Bloom clearly didn't want to do that. The reporting was Bradford said it was something around three for 30. Schwarber gets four for 79. So they don't want to do that, even though he completely changed the dynamic of this lineup. Pre-Schwarber last year, 24th in walk rate. Post-Schwarber, they were third in walk rate. This year, they're 23rd in walk rate. What's the difference? Oh, yeah, Schwarber wasn't here last year, and then he came here, they walked, and now they're not walking again because Schwarber's not part of the organization anymore. So they ignored that. But now this is the bigger problem here. And I know that Heimblum said the other day they were hoping Tristan Cassis would be ready. But you came into the season with Bobby Dahlback, and the plan was, hey, Bobby Dahlback is going to play the majority of the games at first base. Who the hell would think that's a good idea? The other guy, the other option they had was Travis Shaw. See, this Franchi Cordero situation came out of desperation. That's why Franchi Cordero is playing first base. You know why? Because Bobby Dahlback can't hit. And they needed somebody that could hit. So they're taking a guy that is not a first baseman. And they're saying, hey, Franchi, go ahead. Go play first base. And what's the result? A play like tonight where Franchi Cordero has no idea what the hell he's doing at first base. And for some inexplicable reason, he throws the ball home when the runner at third was held. He wasn't running. And he still threw it home. So, yeah, Vasquez had no idea the ball was coming. Why would he? Why would Vasquez think the ball is coming there? Who the hell would throw it home in that particular situation? It makes absolutely no sense to throw the ball home in that situation. I don't get it. But that comes back to the original point. Why the hell did this team come into the season thinking because Bobby Dahlback had one good month last year that the solution at first base would be, hey, Bobby Dahlback's going to play there for the majority of games. We'll play him in eight out of every 10 games, maybe nine out of every 11 games. That's what we're going to do. We're going to play Bobby Dahlback the majority of the time. It got so bad, Travis Shaw was useless. I mean, he did nothing for this team. So you got rid of him. And then you realized, okay, we. what do you know? We need another option at first base because Dahlback doesn't hit. And Dahlback is not a great defensive first baseman anyway. So you figure, all right, you're not going to lose too much if you tried Franchi Cordero there. But what you're finding out is just like you found out last year. Now, obviously, Schwarber was great for this team. He needed his bat. But one of the other things you found out about Schwarber last year, he couldn't play first base. Remember, he was absolutely atrocious in the field. In minimal time, 
five defensive runs saved, negative five, I should say, defensive runs saved at first base. So he didn't work out at first base. It's just like, I don't understand what Bloom is thinking. I, it feels like he just thinks that anybody can play first base. Remember, they tried Arroyo out there last year. His first opportunity playing first base, he got injured. So they continue to try to plug this hole, and none of it works. Unbelievable to me. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you all the way up until midnight. So a lot more to get into. I will get into the Chris Sale Audi because that's the one real positive from tonight. Sale was flat out outstanding. So we'll get to that. We'll continue to get on what the hell happened with Verdugo, what happened with Franchu Cordero, what happened with Matt Strom, and we'll get into what this story situation means going forward. Brian Barrett with you right here on EEI.